Welcome to the first ever Radiant Podcast. I'm Kelsey Chapman, and I'll be your host each week. I'm so excited to have the honor of sitting down with women who are doing kingdom work. These ladies are people who inspire me and encourage me to get up and do what I do each day. To top it off, we have Jordan Dooley of Soul Scripts with us this week. Now let's dive in and hear what she has to say because you guys, I loved getting to chat with her. Hey, Jordan. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. It is so good to have you on the Radiant Podcast. We are thrilled to have you here today. And I would just love for you to share, how did we meet again? Did we meet online? I think we did meet online. We've been chatting for a long time now. We always say that we kind of grew up together. We started our Instagrams around the same time. And then you were still working on the Radiant Life blog. And I think we did a mutual interview long yes. time ago. We swapped interviews. That yes. was it. And that yep. was awesome. I remember your first mugs that you were selling as a shop at the time. I would love for you to tell our listeners how you got started, how Soul Scripts has evolved. What are you doing now? Sure. Well, that's a really long story. I'll try to keep it short. Um, <laughs> I guess that's everyone's story. Um, so I started Soul Scripts originally. We always laugh because we say that the original Soul Scripts is totally different. It actually started because I had gotten a Bible journal and was really just soaking up the word and wanting to learn. And I hadn't, you know, had a whole lot of scripture memorized a couple years back. And so um, my way of memorizing it would be to write out the verses and I would I would typically write it in some kind of cursive makeshift calligraphy kind of font. Um, and I just kind of refined that little craft. It was kind of like my little creative outlet from work and everything I was doing. And, um, from there, Matt, my now husband, boyfriend at the time, I think, or we'll re-engage. No, boyfriend at the time. Um, he encouraged me. He said, you know, you're pretty good at that. You ought to make an Etsy shop. And I kind of laughed at him like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and so um, over the course of a couple months, he continued to encourage me. I finally opened up an Etsy shop and I just called it Soul Scripts without really thinking of it. I don't even know how I came up with the term. Um, and then from there, it just evolved and grew. I started a social media to kind of get the word out. I really didn't foresee how big or how much it would grow as quickly as it did. Um, and then I got to the point where I was a little bit overwhelmed with running a shop. I was just kind of doing it out of my house and was at that point getting ready to get engaged and just life was kind of being life. And um, so did a lot of praying, did a lot of reflecting. And I realized my heart wasn't really just in, you know, retail products. It wasn't there at all. It was really in the encouragement behind them. And I felt like the ability to encourage was decreasing the more and more um, busy that I got and my capacity was kind of being reached when it came to um, running a shop. And then I had a little bit of an assistant and that was fine, but I just didn't feel like that was the call in my life. And so I continued to just let it grow and evolve and do what it was doing. And at that point I had really kind of started to grow my social media channels and the Lord challenged me. He said, for one year, I just want you to focus on writing. <laughs> I was like, writing? I mean, I don't know how to write, you know? And so I had always kind of written encouraging messages, but through the last year and a half now, um, or so, I don't know if it's been quite a year and a half, but about a year and a half, he really just drew that out of me. He built that desire in me that I didn't even know really was there. I'd always liked to write, um, but it was never public. I never really shared any stories. And so he's continued to refine that and show me kind of where he's taking me with it. Um, and it's now turning into several other things, different projects, different things. Um, 
that I don't have full disclosure to share yet, but super exciting. It's crazy the way how, you know, the way we can think we have one vision for something and the Lord will totally swap it on its head and tell you, oh no, it's going to be something else. And it's even better. So I'm so excited by it because I never would have expected it. And I think that's, um, I think that's the sweetest thing when you're not trying to make something your way and it turns out even better. So yeah, it has been so cool to watch you evolve and grow. And I too have evolved and changed into a totally different thing than I started with. So what would you say exactly what you're doing right now? I know you're you're blogging and writing a lot. You're developing a newsletter. What all, what would people find at Soul Scripts right now? Yeah, um, I think right now, yes, I'm writing. Yes, I'm blogging. Yes, I'm working on some speaking now. I would say, but the biggest thing that people would find is it's supposed to be or it's becoming um, a community that is, I want it to be like a place of comfort. I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but that's really what it's evolving into. It is writing. It is articles. um, But it's really a community. We're creating Facebook groups um, around the country for people in their region that are readers to get together, to build sisterhood, um, to build fellowship. And I just think that that's really, really key because, I don't know, I think living in the online world in the sense that that's now becoming my career I see a lot of stardom. Um, I see a lot of, you know, someone is a blogger or an author or a writer, and that's fantastic. But I think the whole Christian celebrity thing is super weird because that's not what we're called (laughs) to be. And so um, as much as it's encouraging to have people following the journey and, you know, reading along, it's not me on a pedestal. It's me holding hands with everyone. And that's what I'm really working to create here and identify and meet meet my readers where they are and be friends. Like I'm in no way better or higher or more successful than anyone else, you know? And so um, I think what's hard about social media is that that vision or that um, that truth can get kind of lost because of the, you know, when you can, when you can stand out or when you have something people know of, it's really easy to assume that they just have it all together. And so the reason I'm trying to create this um, community or this little sanctuary, I guess, is so that we can all come together and be really honest and share our stories. And um, so the more I do that, the more I want to equip equip others to do that. So I don't know if that really answers the question. I hope that's helpful, but that's kind of the end goal, (laughs) at least as of now. (laughs) That is super helpful. Wow. So you, I mean, you've been very community oriented since the beginning. I mean, you started really your journey and speaking to women in your sorority in college, right? Right. Yep. That was kind of what I think has always fueled my writing. I just kind of look back and I'm like, what would I want to hear when I was walking that path? Or what did my friend need to hear that Friday night? You know, and so I continue to put myself back in those situations um, and just reflect on the things that I thought were impactful, either for me as an individual or for those that I loved in the, in the you know, in that time. Um, and that's really who I'm speaking to, whether they're specifically, you know, a college student or specifically in a sorority, it's the women who are just like me, you know, who are like, I'm tired of the grind. I'm tired of this discouragement. And I, and I need love too. I need people to see me and notice me because I can get lost. You know, if someone can get lost in a house of a hundred girls, think of like, I just look at that in such a bigger scale um, with the world and with how big our world is and with social media and all of those things. And so speaking into that is something I'm just super passionate about because I've seen um, both the the damage that that kind of situation can cause or that, you know, having um, challenges like that can cause, but also the redemption that can come from it. And so leaving a legacy, I think, is really, really important in whatever we're doing. 
Wow, that is so cool. And you've done such a good job of that already. I mean, it's just amazing. So could people listening get involved in one of your Facebook groups or find a way to see where you're speaking next? Because, I mean, I just love your heart and I know that our listeners are going to fall in love with you too. <laughs> yes, I would love that. We're actually still in the beginning stages of building those groups. I know that we've got a couple. What's crazy is I didn't even build those groups. I put the idea out there and some women have already started building them on their own, which is amazing to me. Um, but I'm now putting together um, a little bit more of a cohesive team so that we can manage all of that so much better. Um, and so we'll be bringing, on some, bringing some women on board to really help facilitate that and manage that. Um, I think with the speaking, we will have a schedule up hopefully soon. We are looking at 2017 and excited about some upcoming opportunities. That will be on my website. So that's something that we can continue to keep up with. Um, and then, yeah, with the Facebook groups, we have a team that's going to come on and really tackle the whole technical side because I'm really not that good at it. I can put up a status, post a picture, and that's about as deep as it gets. <laughs> so the more I know on that, um, but that will be something that will also be announced and publicized as soon as it's um, done more officially, officially, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So we're getting there. Yeah. Cool. Well, if you're speaking near Colorado, girl, I'm coming. So that would be so fun. Love to. Um, There's some West Coast things coming up. (laughs) Cool. It is just so exciting to hear how you've grown, how you've evolved, and just really how you've used your influence to impact the lives of others. And I love what you talked about, about like, you know, these Christian celebrities. You know, I love how you have utilized your influence and not made it about you. Um, I just watched the latest Hillsong documentary and it was, it was amazing. And they were really honest and said something along the lines of like, look, we realize that we're drawing attention to ourselves, but in turn, we reflect that back to God. Like ultimately it's not about us. And I, I see you doing that and doing that so well. What have, have you ever struggled with comparison as a Christian creative? What has that looked like for you in this journey? Yeah. And that's something that I'm really passionate about speaking into just because I think a lot of people are afraid to start whatever call the Lord has put on their heart or this, like everyone has, you know, not everyone, but a lot of us have this ache, right? This ache to be something, to do something, to make an impact. And a lot of times we let fear stifle that and the fear is of failure, right? The fear is of not um, reaching the same level or accomplishing as much as someone else. And I think we often say something along the lines of God move through me, right? Work through me, do through me, um, change lives through me. And I don't think enough of us are okay with stepping back and going or listening to what the Lord might say and accepting if he says, but you know what? I want to work through someone else today. And that's when we know if we're not okay with that, that it is about us. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Okay. I want to make sure you're following here. So, um, yeah, I ramble I'm a little sorry. bit. Keep going, um, girl. I, I love it. I think as a result of that, that kind of that mentality of move through me, work through me, um, it can become more living for God, but are we living because of God? And um, I think comparison just fuels that. And so it stifles us because when we start comparing um, to another person's work or the, uh, the way that the Lord is moving through someone else, um, it suddenly becomes about, well, God ought to be doing this in my life. He ought to be moving through me in this way. And who are we to tell God how he's supposed to move through us? And so 
the whole comparison thing, not only does it damage our relationship with each other, but it damages our relationship with God and the call that he's put on our life. Um, And so I think until we are so okay with it being whatever scale and whatever size that he calls it to be, then we really can't move forward. Um, Because comparison just causes any good thing or good work in us to crumble. And I always say this, we often compare our insides to someone else's outsides, right? So we see someone who is moving or doing work for the Lord or um, succeeding in her business or in her online presence or whatever it looks like success. And we take that and say, oh, look how strong her faith is or look how successful she is. Why do I not experience that? And so what we're doing there is comparing our insides to her outsides. We don't know where her insides are. She might be displaying this wonderful, you know, um, faith, business, creativity, blog. And inside, she might be completely broken and not really sure how to communicate that. And so I think if we are a little bit more honest um, with our motivations and also with understanding that our insides are never going to look like someone's outsides and vice versa, we're going to do so much better and we're going to be so much more effective and be able to link arms because it's no longer about competition um, and it's no longer about comparison or ourselves. So yeah, I think, I hope that answers your question, but that's just something that I think can really stifle our ability to really move forward and be obedient. Um, Just because I think comparison is a straight path to failure while obedience is a straight path to success. Um, Kingdom success, not necessarily social media success or um, financial success, because when we have kingdom success, those things fall in order um, according to how the Lord is willing to bless us. And I think we have to be okay with that. So, wow, I feel encouraged. I mean, that was good, girl. <laughs> well, good. Um, what would you define as kingdom success? In your Honestly, version, it doesn't mean everyone, but you know. Sure. I think really there's so many different things that the Lord calls us to, but the ultimate kingdom success is when we are okay with being obedient and following through with whatever that looks like. Um, because I think sometimes that calls, when we are obedient, we're going to be called out of our comfort zone. Um, we are going to experience trials. We are going to have our tests, or our tra- I'm sorry, we're going to have our trust tested. And through those, if we can walk through those things, that is success because that's shar- sharpening and shaping our hearts to, um, to answer the call more effectively, I think, because when we are obedient and when we are intentional about obedience, the Lord, like, I don't know if you've ever heard how obedience can be measured. Um, I was listening to a sermon a couple months ago and they talked about um, the parable of Jesus turning water to wine. And when we, or when the um, when the servants at the wedding brought the, the um, vases of water to Jesus to turn to wine, when he told them to fill it up, they filled it to the brim, right? They didn't fill it halfway. And what, were, what would they got in return was it was, a, it was full to the brim of wine, right, for the wedding guests. And so if we look at our lives that way, if we only give God half, right, if we're like, I'm going to half obey you, I'm a little bit worried, so I'm going to hold back, we're not going to get that return. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Absolutely. is measurable and success is therefore um, in God's terms and he gives back um, what, we're, what we're willing to give. Um, and I just think that's a really beautiful exchange and a really neat transaction and a way to look at it um, because there's no way to really define this as the only type of kingdom success, but that's the root um, to all type of success when we're working under the Lord. That is so cool. So obviously, you know, your ministry has exploded this year and really over the course of, you know, this last year, year and a half, what was it like in the beginning? You know, everyone starts somewhere. Was it hard? Did you find yourself 
you know, struggling with, I, I often find myself comparing myself to like a 50 year old where, you know, they've been working at something for 20 years. <laughs> Do you, did you ever right, find right. that to be a struggle? I wouldn't say quite in the beginning, um, just because I really didn't have much expectations that this was even going to be a ministry. <laughs> um, right. Like I said, it's just kind of like, oh, this is my creative Etsy shop from my basement. But since it then grew and as the Lord revealed his bigger purpose in it, I think I wanted to hit jumpstart and accelerate 70, you know, 70 miles an hour <laughs> um, yeah. right into the Right into what I thought it was supposed to be. And yes, I, I think it's almost um, rare or I don't even know if it's possible not to struggle with comparison just because that's such a, it, comparison stems from pride, right? We want to be noticed. We want to be appreciated for our work. And so I absolutely have often found myself looking at people who've been writing for 30 years or who've, you know, established these great things. And I'm like, I don't even really know how to get from point A to point B. And then suddenly I find myself at point B and I'm like, yeah, but I need to be at point C, you know? And so we consistently do that to ourselves. And um, I think, you know, any, anybody who is challenged and who is called into something um, that isn't necessarily mainstream or typical can feel that way. But at the same time, those of us that are in what you would consider, you know, a normal nine to five job, we can totally feel that way too. You know what I mean? So personally, I've experienced that more times than I'd like to share. <laughs> um, but that also, <laughs> I think helps me identify. Right. So it's like, let's identify in that. Let's be honest and vulnerable in that. And then encourage one another, you know, forward. And I think that's how, that's how we beat comparison. We don't beat comparison by competition. We beat comparison by, by linking arms and working together as a unified body. So. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel just the energy and empowered to take the next step when they hear me too. Like where they right. realize other people are human and we all struggle in some capacity. Maybe we don't have the same struggles, but it feels like, oh, I have someone, you're right, to link arms with to take that next step forward. Absolutely. So you just got married. I'd love to hear about that, how you and Matt, your husband, partnered together, how you know, I know you've mentioned the difference between an, a partner and employee when working with your husband. And I'd love for our listeners to hear more about that. Absolutely. Um, one thing I realized, and I've not been married all that long, <laughs> um, but in the last, you know, month and a half, one thing that really has stood out to me and that the Lord has really challenged me with is Matt is such a servant. He is such a servant's heart. Um, and he really is willing to give anything that I need to um, accommodate whatever the ministry needs, whatever my business needs. And it's wonderful. And so I have found myself almost taking that for granted, I think, um, and also taking advantage of that because to me, it's like, great, free labor, you know? Um, <laughs> but it's not free because there's a cost that comes with that. And very quickly, I realized he can't be my full-time assistant. He is there to help me as I am there to help him. But it also can't, our household cannot be a business transaction. And I think sometimes in marriage, when one spouse is working at something or building something, there's a difference between support and help and then making your um, significant other out to be your servant. Um, and so while we are vowed to, or while we have vowed to serve the other, we had to have a really honest conversation. And I realized, you know what? You're my partner. You are my equal. You are my other half. You know, when it comes to this relationship, we are one. And so you're the second part of that one with the Lord. And so um, you can't necessarily feel like you're constantly saying, you know, coming to me. I'm not your boss. I'm not going to tell you, do this, do that, do that. And so 
I think to keep a relationship healthy, there's got to be a line that's drawn between, you know, assistance, support and helping and then almost becoming like an employee because that can be really damaging. And the first and foremost priority is partnership. Um, and through partnership comes support, comes bouncing ideas off of the other, praying together, leaning on one another, but not necessarily employing the other. So I hope that helps. It's really hard to be in, you know, ministry and business together. It's a really refining process. And um, I'm not sure if that fully answers your question, but Absolutely. that's kind of what we've learned the last six weeks. <laughs> Again, we've, we've not been doing this all that long, but um, it's been really eye-opening to see the way that the Lord has shown us that because we walked into it thinking, oh, great, he's just going to come right up on board and he's going to do everything I need him to do. And very quickly we realized that can be very damaging. So I think it's important to keep that um, that line there and draw, draw that line. Yeah. As you've moved into this new season, how has it been balancing it all? Obviously, you know, balance is you know, that elusive feeling that never feels quite there. But do you give yourself a time limit to turn everything off every night? Um, I mean, I'll be the first to say I have not been the best at that. And so, um, so if no, that's okay. You know, I'm just curious, do you, do you stop work at a certain point every day to have you and him time? Are you still like grinding and working 80 hours a week? (laughs) Um, well, at first, after we got back, from, we got back from our honeymoon. I'm going to say that again. You can edit this out. After we got back from our honeymoon, um, I immediately went right back to work. I felt like I was two weeks behind. I felt like I had so much content I needed to catch up on. So I had probably a thousand emails that I hadn't even touched, and I was so terrified. It was like an email mountain um, that I didn't want to climb. And so I immediately threw myself back into my work, and you know, tried to prioritize and. Um, you know, funnel and figure out all the priorities that I needed to be taken care of. And um, I realized very quickly our relationship started to become an option and not in a not in a way that was um, incredibly damaging, but just in a way that we needed to talk through and to um, establish that discipline and that balance very quickly, even if that meant not, you know, responding to all the inquiries or messages or whatever else um, might be on my plate. And so we made a rule that at 10 o'clock, all business goes off. Um, and that's allotting for an hour for lunch and an hour together for dinner. And so um, building a normal structure like that, um, or not a normal structure, but I guess building some sort of a structure and knowing, okay, these are my office hours. Because when you work and you're mostly at home or you're mostly you know, in a place that you're not reporting and clocking in eight to five, it's really easy to just never clock out because it's on your phone, it's on your computer, it's everywhere. And so um, he, he and I kind of set that boundary for our relationship. And so far in the last few weeks, it's definitely been um, really effective. I wouldn't say that we're perfect at it. There's definitely been a few nights where he has to remind me, hey, it's 1014 or 1015, you know. <laughs> um, but we're working to be disciplined in that because as much as a business, as much as a ministry and doing God's work is a priority, my number one ministry has to be my marriage. Because if my marriage crumbles, everything else below that's going to crumble. And so um, my number one ministry has to be my marriage. My number one priority has to be my God. And I know that in my head, sometimes I forget it in action. So taking action steps and having someone to hold me accountable for that really does make a difference. And it's really helpful, like when, you know, you catch yourself kind of getting off track to just hit reset. We've had to do that so many times as I too am the one, you know, running with something in this season of life. And David is my supporter, Um, him like Mm kind of keeping me grounded and being like, hey, this can't take over your life, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And learning to sow into your marriage because that's the investment that's going to pay off the biggest in the long run, you know. 
Absolutely. And having those hard discussions, you know, and having to be held accountable. I'm not one that really likes constructive criticism. I don't really Me like either. criticism. <laughs> um, but I don't think the human heart really ever does. And so, you know, allowing him to speak into that has definitely been refining and it's going to continue to be refining. I can't say I've totally figured it out, but you know, even just the other day I was working really hard and he said, you know what, go to, go to dinner with me. And, you know, I said, well, I got to finish. Nope. You're going to dinner with me. Put some shoes on, you know, it's just having someone to kind of push you and get you outside of that work bubble. Um, I think that can really, I don't know if the the best word would be um, cultivate something more meaningful, but it almost helps you to regain the inspiration that you're losing when you're working yourself, like, and beating yourself, like, you know, to a pulp. Um, so allowing someone to breathe fresh air into you and allowing the Lord to breathe breathe fresh air into you through that um, can really just be transformational, especially as a creative and as someone who's consistently um, sharing and sharing very personal and heartfelt and creative and meaningful things. Um, it's really key to take those breaks and to allow laughter into your life and to allow um, lightheartedness and silly memories because that's what creates your content. That's what that's how the Lord shows you what he's doing and teaches you his small little lessons. And if we're not taking enough time to just step back and see those little lessons, we're going to lose like our entire, the, the steam behind us that's pushing this train is eventually going to run out if we're not allowing our tanks to be refilled. Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I, David and I both have read this book called God's Generals and there's a few different series and it highlights different, you know, Christian influencers in different time periods. So there's one that's like the roaring revivalist, all that stuff, but it's, you know, it's, you know, biographies of these, these leaders and because we're both in ministry, you know, I have Radiant and stuff going on there and he definitely um, serves a lot at our church and has been in positions at church before. And so we really have noticed a pattern in reading these people's biographies of, because the author has done a great job in highlighting the gifts and talents and strengths of each leader um, in our history, but also in highlighting where they kind of dropped the ball. And a lot of them martyred their family for their ministry and your family is your biggest ministry. And so we can look at that and learn from that, not to criticize them, but to say, hey, I'm not going to do that. You know, I really want to live a healthy, balanced life to where my family feels like they're prioritized, not, you know, on the back burner to my ministry. And I, I mean, I am guilty as charged on that one, because it's so easy for me to, I enjoy work so much that it's really easy for me to work till midnight. I feel motivated Absolutely. and energized and sometimes stopping to invest in, you know, David or the people around me actually takes more effort than like working, you know? Absolutely. It's like that intentionality can be more of a challenge and it's so, so soul sanctifying is what I call it when you have to almost, it's almost like we're Velcro to our work. You know, when you rip Velcro apart and it's like that ripping sound (laughs) and it's hard to pull apart. Yeah. I think sometimes when we Velcro ourselves to our work, it's almost, it's almost as if we're one with our work, if that makes sense. Cause it's so personal to who we are and to separate those things and to join to what we've, what, what God has joined, though he has given us our work, that ought to be more like, I don't know how to, what would be a better way to describe it, but I think that ought to be more like wiping on, um, think of like paper on a desk. It sits there, that's its position. But when it's time to move that paper, it's not too hard to pick it up. But if it were Velcro to the desk, you have to rip it off. And sometimes if I have to be ripped off instead of 
brushed off, that's when I know this is becoming my identity. And how can I, and sometimes I don't even pick up on that. Sometimes I need someone else to pick up on that, you know? Um, But when we can identify that within ourselves, as much as that's kind of yucky to notice and admit, and it's kind of hard, um, it's also like, wow, that's, that's so powerful when we can see even when it's hard and even when we're so engrossed in it, the Lord still finds divine little ways to separate us from even the work and the good work that He has given us because He's given us something better in a relationship with Him and in a relationship with our spouse or our children or whatever our, um, our circle is. And if we neglect our tiny corner of the universe trying to reach the entire universe, that's when we become one with our work. And Absolutely. I've definitely been guilty of that too. I think we all have. I think anyone with a business, anyone who works, anyone who enjoys their work definitely feels that way. Well, obviously your work is so meaningful and so impactful. And you touched on this a minute ago. How do you keep from that becoming your identity? Because I, I have to ask myself, what is Kelsey without Radiant? Like, do I define myself with with by what I'm doing? Because I feel like it's so impactful that I want to identify myself with that. But then I also realize the danger of doing that. So do you have any, any light to shed on that? Yeah, I mean, I think when I started to transition much more into writing, um, I noticed a shift because when it was called Soul Scripts and that's all everyone knew it as and no one ever saw my face and it was just mugs and things like that. Yes, it was my creative piece, but it wasn't like I was trying to develop much of a friendship with my audience. Um, so I didn't have to be all that personal. And so it was easier to keep the me out of it, although I felt like, yes, it was impactful. And so when the Lord laid it on my heart to really be a friend, to relate, to be conversational, I don't want to be this far off person who, you know, everyone just thinks that Soul Scripts is this entity. You know, I would get emails and it would say something like, I'm trying to reach the owner of this, I think she's, her name might be Soul Scripts. You know, people didn't really understand. And to me, I felt that's not who I am. I'm a friend, you know, I have conversation. I talk about the hard stuff. And so if that's making a difference in my own friend groups, then I, why shouldn't that make a difference to the platform that the Lord has given me? And so as I've transitioned more into becoming a writer, a friend, a speaker, I realized the importance of being personal, but that's where it's so much easier to get caught up in, it being your identity, because it's literally your words, your stories, your face, your faith, what the Lord is teaching you. Um, And although including others in that is important and necessary, it's still your words. You know, it's it's your well thought out stories. It's the words that the Lord has given you, but also your creative peace. And so um, I think I struggle with that often, but not necessarily without help. Um, It's really easy to, you know, say, well, this is my work and this is me. And then suddenly it becomes, without saying it, well, maybe and this is who I am because this is all I do. And so having those um, those mentors and those um, and that fellowship of people who are willing to, you know, I guess hold you accountable and remind you who you do or who you are is not what you do um, is really, really key. And I think having um, a husband who has a career that's also very um, personal and performance driven, I guess. Um, yeah your success is really measured by what you do and you, your your career is measured by how well you do. And that's typically how it is in, you know, in all of our work. But when it's like with his sports, he's on a platform, he's on a stage, he's performing and his, his name and his success is directly correlated to how well he performs and showcases himself, right? And so we both speak on that a lot together and also within our friend circles because we can almost really understand the other. It's when you're put on this stage, it's really easy to begin to think this is who I am. When in reality, it's 
just like you said about Hillsong, you know, it's, this isn't who I am, but it's so hard to remember that sometimes when you're so engrossed in it. So, um, yeah, I think one thing is I actually have it written on my wall. What you do is not who you are. And that's so simple. And I've, you know, but it's like so profound when I'm in the middle of doing so much, like I become such a doer that I have to remember it's been done. What really needs to be done has been done on the cross. And so I just think looking to the cross and remembering that simple statement has brought me back to earth so many times. (laughs) And again, it's a recurring struggle, but it consistently helps me shut it off. It helps me remember, "Mm, nope, that's not what you are, you know? (laughs) So, um, Yeah, I think giving ourselves those reminders and being willing to talk about it and admit it. I think that's another thing is, especially within ministry, it's really tempting to want to be like, yeah, this is definitely not about me, not at all, you know? (laughs) Um, But if we really look inside our hearts, we know that there is like darkness and and there's, you know, brokenness inside all of us that wants to make it about us, you know? And so if we can admit that and be honest about it and continue to seek counsel and continue to seek the Lord through that that temptation, it's just going to be so much less... I think difficult because we're not trying to hide anything. I think things become difficult and we we wrestle with guilt when when we're trying to hide it, when we're trying to put on the, yes, I've figured out this Christian ministry thing and I don't struggle with pride. You know, I don't struggle with self-glorification. I don't struggle with identity crisis. It's like, no, we all struggle with self-glorification. We all struggle with pride. We all struggle with, you know, identity crisis because that's the enemy at work in us. But by the power of Christ, we don't have to succumb to that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm walking away today encouraged, and it's just a good (laughs) reminder, you know, like, we all feel this, so why not talk about it, you know, and open up that door of transparency so that we can kind of walk in fullness and freedom together rather than feeling alone, you know? Absolutely, and that's really the heart behind building the community, and that's the heart behind my blog. It's like, I want to showcase the things that don't make me a perfect Christian minister, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And <laughs> you do such it's, a great it's job. It's almost controversial because I don't necessarily want it, but it's like we're all hypocrites in some way <laughs> yeah. or another. And so not, not that we want to, you know, celebrate that. Of course we don't want to, you know, that's not a good thing, but it's the reality of the sin nature in us. And if we don't have enough confidence, confidence in Christ to admit that, then I just think it's kind of phony, to be honest. And I've followed a lot of, you know, Christian ministries and a lot of things. And it's like, I walk away feeling so inadequate while I should be feeling like, wow, this is all of us coming together in our brokenness and and as the body of Christ, allowing Him to perfect us. But I don't feel that way. I often have felt like, well, I don't measure up to what they've figured out. I don't know how they're so selfless. I don't get how they're so humble all the time. And while we all have gifts and there's definitely, you know, some people are just naturally more humble or that, you know, the Spirit has worked in them in ways that maybe maybe we haven't all, you know, everyone's in a different place in their faith walk is what I'm trying to say. So there's no way to judge that. But I think regardless, no one ever makes it um, until, you know, until the other side of heaven. And so if we're acting like we've made it or if we're showcasing in a way that we figured it out, um, to me, that just, that just doesn't work. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> that's the best way to I'm say like it. Yeah. Um, because that's not honest and that's not linking arms. That's putting ourselves on a pedestal and, not allowing us to cultivate really meaningful relationships or really make a genuine impact because all we're doing is um, impressing, but are we really impacting? And I don't really care to be impressive, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that, like, you talk about this, but you really do live it. I mean, you see your Instagram posts where you'll share something that you're going through or struggling with or just honest thoughts from Jordan. And it's amazing because it will open up the door for like 150 comments that are like, me too, you know, and it's amazing to see like, 
every one of us is looking for someone to walk through this life with, through this journey. And, you know, I I do have my husband to walk through life with, but he doesn't feel every girly emotion that I feel. Absolutely. And so it's amazing <laughs> to link arms with, you know, another faith-based creative entrepreneur, essentially, to uh, to do life with, because I think we all want that home team per se. So absolutely. You, you I think said, this, oh, go I'll ahead. Tell, I was just going to say, I think the, what I, one thing you had touched on earlier was what I learned through my time in a sorority. And although it was, you know, technically a secular sorority and everything else, it taught me the importance of community and sisterhood in a way that I never experienced. I only had one sibling growing up. I didn't ever really have a clique. So I was never really into the whole, you know, I have 10 girlfriends and there's a lot of women I think that feel that way. And they feel like, well, where do I belong and how, who do I identify with? Um, and walking through that sorority, it was amazing to me because of course, I wasn't friends with a hundred and some women, but I was able to link arms with like-minded women. And not only that, it was then we were challenged to bring in um, to bring in others who weren't like us because at the end of the day, we were all sisters, right? We wore the same letters. And so I think when it comes to Christians and it comes to Christian women, we all wear the same letters, right? C-H-R-I-S-T. And that's what we wear across our chest. And so I think if we can identify it as a sisterhood that way, sure, we might not all have the same visions or you know, passions or interests, but we're united under that, under that banner. And so, I don't know, I'm kind of rambling here, but the sisterhood element of it is so important, but how can you really build a family without honesty and without transparency? Yeah. I think friendship and community and investing in one another does require something of us. I think you are so right. Like friendship requires sacrifice. It requires being there when it's not easy. It does require uncomfortable vulnerability and transparency, and you're not going to get a community with depth unless you're willing to go there. Does that mean you go there with every single person? No way, but you do, it does require that if you're going to like build a real true community. And I think, I mean, I just think you nailed it on that. Absolutely. Yep. That's what the Lord has really challenged me to, um, which sometimes I really don't want, you know, like who really wants to share their yucky pieces, you know, especially in a very public platform. Um, And it's amazing to me the way that, like you said, it opens up doors for conversations, even between women commenting on a blog post or on um, a social media post seeing, oh my gosh, wait, you live in my area and you're struggling with that too. I mean, I've seen little um, friendships form just as a result. And to me, that's, the Lord isn't using it to glorify, you know, my ability to be vulnerable. He's utilizing it um, to to cultivate others, you know, and to, um to show others to be vulnerable so that they can create community just amongst themselves. Obviously, I can't be friends with every single person that reads my blog, but what I can do is equip them to become friends with one another. Um, And I think that's what the Lord's really put on my heart. And I don't know, I just feel like when it's all fluff, who can really be friends? You know, like how can you really be friends with people you don't really know? Um, Or how can you be friends with the Lord if you don't really know Him? You know, and and so— like you said, the, the importance of vulnerability is so key in any kind of relationship, especially godly relationships and especially um, in a relationship with God, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think we first have to start there because He knows everything, but I think sometimes we trick ourselves into thinking that He doesn't. And so we're not necessarily yeah. vulnerable with that relationship. And that's kind of the root. That's pretty much where it starts, you know? So that's my two cents on that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that was awesome. So you touched on, so have you and your husband been speaking together some? 
We haven't started yet, but we do have a couple inquiries that have come in. We're super excited about some upcoming opportunities. We really want to start with the video channel, partially because we are trying to limit how much we have committed to in this season, um, just because our life is absolutely crazy with his career. We are all over the country right now, um, but we're looking forward to some possibilities in the spring. Hopefully, well, most likely things will have been a little bit more settled down by then. And we've been dreaming up some different projects. We're really excited because we felt like as when we were walking through dating and being engaged and we were in really, you know, we were in really normal life. We weren't in a Christian bubble. Um, and so maintaining our faith and our, and our, um, faith as individuals, but also within our relationship and maintaining godly relationships as we are prepping for marriage and focusing on one another, you know, all those things um, and small challenges that most people don't even really think of until they're living it. Um, being, you know, in a big football career and, you know, I was, we met while he was playing college football and while I was in a sorority and learning how to walk through those things and hold on to um, a Christ-centered relationship and not only hold on to it, but also, um, I guess, grow that and cultivate that um, proved to be a challenge for, at different points, you know? And so we have really learned that there are a lot of couples, especially, you know, in the 18 to kind of 24, 25-year-old range, give or take a few years, that are experiencing those same struggles. And there's not a lot um, really speaking into that age range intentionally. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like that's kind of a neglected um, bubble or like not bubble, a neglected segment of the population. Um, Especially when it comes to, um, I don't know, I guess just really whether you're engaged or married, but living in where you are and inviting Christ into that and how to invite that into a relationship and how to invite that into a breakup and all of those things. And so our heart is really to hopefully, um, we are working on some different things to like different resources um, for the for that age range for couples to do together that aren't married or maybe who aren't even engaged yet, but who want to invite the Lord into their relationship in a very organic and natural and simple way. Because um, sometimes I think people just don't know how it seems so holy and out there and up there, and I don't really know how to bring it to earth. And I don't know how to bring it. I don't know how to bring the kingdom just between us. And so that's something we're really um, passionate about equipping young couples to do. And so that'll be a project that we work on throughout the winter. Um, I, and also with a video channel, because we are super excited to share all sorts of things that the last, you know, 14 to 15 months have taught us. And the speaking opportunities are starting to come our way. And we're super excited to see what the Lord's going to do with those as well. Yeah. How exciting. So will your video channel be on your site, YouTube? That's my tech site. That's the tech site. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the content okay, person. Nice. So, okay. Um but that's kind of the vision. So we have talked through several options. We are, like I said, putting together a little bit more of a team than what I've had, which is really exciting. Um, and utilizing the resources and just the gifts that God has given through those people that are really coming on board. And so as we continue to hammer out details, we're going to release more information on it. But hopefully we're seeing it kind of as a portal um, on the blog, but also um, on YouTube, just because I think there's just a wide audience that could benefit from it anywhere. So we don't want to limit it just to the website, but we also think it's important to have it on the website. So just praying through um, the way that that needs to look and we're continuing to grow and just take steps forward, you know, and put it where it needs to be. And if the Lord tells us to put it somewhere else or take it off of somewhere, that's what we're going to do. So um, I wish I had more clear answers, but it's really this whole soul scripts, writing, Jordan Lee, everything has really just been one big evolution. And I really haven't had a lot of answers in advance. Things just kind of happen grow as they because happen. the Lord 
Yep, absolutely. So um, that's the vision anyway. But <laughs> again, the vision is often evolving. So we will uh, be announcing. And that's okay. And I mean, yeah, I love the scripture. Um, the Lord is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Um, because it just reminds me that like God will illuminate the next step. Um, he might not necessarily illuminate a football field ahead or, you know, a mile ahead, but he always gives enough light for the next step. So you know what you know, and that's awesome. Um, Absolutely. I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have everything figured out. Me, me either, girl. Um, so I, I know that we've chatted and you've said, you know, you love to create the content side and you clearly create balling content. How do you do that and create meaningful content and stay motivated? Um, We would love to know. Yeah, I get a lot of questions about that because when you are writing, it is so much content um, and you have to do it often. Um, And so there were definitely, there still are definitely times where I just have to walk away, you know, and say, we're not doing this right now. Um, But one thing I've really learned is the more that this ministry grows, the more I receive um, emails and messages and really, really neat stories from readers um, and people who have been following along and part of the community. And so now I've, the Lord has just been like, hello, that's what you're, that's what you're speaking into. You know, I was like, yeah, why am I searching for content? I have all of these wonderful stories and messages and questions that what amazes me is they come from all over the world, right? all these different women in different walks of life and in different um, situations with different stories, but yet they're asking such similar questions or they're sharing such similar feelings. And so what really it made me realize was if I can speak into this woman's issue, I'm going to speak into a hundred women's issue, right? And I actually probably identify or relate with a part of that issue. So I might as well share what the Lord has done in my life with that issue or what he's taught me um, regarding that issue or that feeling or that struggle. And so now my content really is becoming indirectly a response to the common themes that I see in messages or in emails or, um, you know, in communications with social media and seeing how people are reacting to things. Because for me, it's, you know, I don't want to just tell my story. I want to tell the Lord's story. And He's writing a story in all of our lives. And so if I can draw upon, you know, something simple that He's illustrated in my life to show me a bigger picture— and that speaks into one of those um, questions or messages or emails that I've gotten. That to me is so valuable to put out there as an article or as you know a piece of content because then I'm actually speaking into real life issues that my real life readers themselves have walked through and then they can identify with those. And that's what's been starting to create those little conversations on the side um, because so many of them are just like me, right? They're, they're experiencing so many of those same things. And so just like we had talked about having those, creating those discussions, that's where I create content. It's what do I want to talk about? What do we want to have a discussion about today? And then that's what I'll put into an article because, and I try not to answer directly, specifically questions because I want to cultivate thoughts, right? I want to um, encourage readers to think. I want to encourage readers to reflect. I want to encourage readers to pause and just be encouraged in truth for a moment because I think when we are, um, so caught up in how we feel and our emotions are taking us over, it's really, really hard for us to hear objective truth, right? So for example, if I am feeling awfully discouraged or really frustrated because I just got you know, demoted at my job or let go from my job or whatever terrible thing may have happened today, if someone throws a Bible verse at me or just says, don't worry, God's got this, in a very like 
I don't want to say condescending, but a very just blunt white, very objective truth, even though I know that, you know, to me, I'm like, yeah, but you just don't get it right now, you know? And, and my emotions take over my ability to really hear that. But if I can hear it said through a story and if I can hear um, that truth illustrated to me in a very tangible and relatable way, that's the way that I'm going to respond to it. That's how I know someone hears me and someone understands me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's dead on. I mean, you do, someone receives that so much better through a story, through, uh, being relatable, you know, it can come across out of touch when you just put a blanket verse on someone's situation. It feels very, um, you know, non-intentional, like the easy way out. And so if you can pair that scripture or that verse with a story of me too, I get it. It feels so much more like you're being understood. Wow, y'all. Wasn't that awesome? It was such an honor to get to chat with Jordan, and I have become such good friends with her over the past year. I love seeing her blossom and grow and do truly impactful work. As always, you can keep up with her over at Soul Scripts on Instagram, and you can keep up with us there too. We are Radiant Magazine on Instagram and radiantmagazine.org. We have different articles going live every day with a team of amazing columnists that you'll get to hear more from on here, creating awesome articles that will leave you encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to live in more fullness and freedom. Tune in for next week. We have one of our own columnists, Rachel Gilliam, joining us, and I'm so excited. See you Friday. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Cozy up for the holidays with 60% off everything at Banana Republic Factory, including soft sweaters, comfy pajamas, must-have gifts, and more from $9.99. Find your nearest store now, only at Banana Republic Factory. Get 50 through 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Plus, shop new doorbusters for the family, including outerwear, jeans, and our Gap logo crew neck sweatshirt. Find it all at Gap Factory or GapFactory.com through December 14th.